Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33 says this, immediately, have we shot immediately? Yeah. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, well into the night, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from the land, battered by the waves because the wind was against him. I want everybody to see this word, meanwhile. We say meanwhile. meanwhile. If you're online, come on, we shout meanwhile. Meanwhile, this is a powerful word and we're going to need to remember it. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. Jesus came toward them walking on the sea very early in the morning. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. They cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, have courage, it is I, do not be afraid, which is a radical statement because if a dude's walking on water in front of you, you're afraid. <laughs> Bottom line. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. When he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him, and said to him, you of little faith, why do you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those on the boat worshipped him and said, truly you are the Son of God. Today as we continue on in our series, Sacred Eight, I want to speak to you from the subject, it will be okay. It will be okay. As Jesus, as Jesus shows us what it looks like to have faith in him in the midst of our storms. Will you pray with me just one more time this morning? Jesus, we love you. God, I thank you for this moment that we have. <clears throat> by faith, to come into your presence in all the places and spaces that we find ourselves this morning. We know that your presence is there right now. Where two or three are gathered, you are in our midst. And these, these statements from your word never ring truer more than right now. And so God, I pray that your presence would fall in homes and in workplaces and on phones and on iPads and on uh, computers all across this state and this nation and this world right now, God. And that your presence would fall right here as it already has been. And so we look to you right now. Teach us from your word. Encourage us. Strengthen us. Understanding it will be okay. In Jesus' mighty name, come on and everybody shouted. Yeah. <clears throat> um, if you're online right now, you can raise your hand. These guys hopefully will do so. How many of us have ever been surprised before? Surprise. Bad or, bad or good. Just a surprise. And I think many of you at home have been surprised as well. Um, Monday was a surprise for me. My week started off weird before things got weird. <laughs> Here's why. I was waking up, got up early, <clears throat> had to pack my bags and get stuff moving because I was traveling Monday, <clears throat> then traveled back home on, on Friday. Um, when I got up, after I'd packed some things, I went into the kitchen to grab some coffee, and I have this window that, that looks into my backyard. And when I looked out into my backyard, everything looked different. And I was confused. Now, that doesn't take a lot to, <laughs> to get me confused, but I was confused. And I looked out this back window, and I'm, and I'm looking back there, and I'm like, my, my backyard seems weird right now. This doesn't make sense. I don't know what's going on. And so I went into, I went and I, I stepped out onto my, on my deck, and I'm looking around, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And then I realized that my tree had been chopped down. 
This is a 20-year-old tree in my backyard that was in the corner of my yard, a massive tree. It hides the sun as the sun starts to go to the west. It blocks out neighbors. It blocks out my view of Costco, like, right? And I'm standing there like dumbfounded. I couldn't, like, I couldn't pull myself together because I'm like, like my tree. Lewis, what'd you do to my tree, right? Some of you will get that later, but... um. And then I look across, we have this other row of trees that are all along my back fence, and they block us from the neighbor behind us, and they were, they were naked. Like, they had been stripped down to, to way smaller than they used to be, and they're large trees as well. But then I, I pull myself back over here, and I'm looking, I'm like, why is my tree chopped down? And my entire lawn was littered with the tree that had been left there. Now I'm really confused. So I wake up, Erica, I go over here, and I was like, hey, did you chop down our tree? Because <laughs> I am seriously confused as to what is happening in my life right now. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, our, our, tree, is, our tree is dead. It's, it's gone. And so she wakes up, and we're both standing out there, like morning eyes still, and we're trying to figure out what the monkey has just happened to our, our tree. Well, later we found out, a neighbor finally calls us. He has a Airbnb, and he had told the gardening people the wrong address. So they came into my backyard, unannounced, and just chopped everything down. So that was my Monday. Yeah, so we're still trying to figure this thing out. Come on, has anybody ever been surprised before? <laughs> right? And... What a week. <laughs> and I can honestly say, like, I've never been through a week like this before. Right? Like, people are freaking out. We're talking about viruses. Shelves are being stripped. Trees are being chopped down. Our pet's heads are falling off. Some of you will get that one later, too. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this before. To be honest, and I think for a lot of us, we have questions, we have concerns, we have thoughts, we have this all about what's, what's happening. And the question I find myself asking is, what's next? What, what, like, what's next? Where do, where do we go from, from here? How do we respond, not react? It's moments like this. Because here's what I do want to say. This is not the last time we will go through something. Right? Here, here's what I've come to learn. that the, the only constant in this life is uncertainty. Would you agree with me on that? Come on online, would you agree? The only constant is un uncertainty. We live uncertain lives. We live in uncertain days. We, we would be told by the Bible that, that life is but a vapor. Jesus would tell us not to worry about tomorrow because it's not promised. And I actually take refuge in these scriptures. And this is why we look to scripture. This is where we look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And and I got really excited looking at this, this moment that we found, this sacred moment with, with Jesus and Peter and the disciples, because I think there's a lot here for us to learn about uncertain moments, surprise moments, when your trees are being chopped down, and things are happening in the world around us, and maybe you saw, maybe you got up, like, I don't know how many of you got up on Monday thinking this week was going to turn out like this. I can tell you that I did not wake up on Monday thinking that my backyard was going to be naked, and we were going to be having church and homes online. Right? 
I didn't know that flights were going to be canceled. I didn't know that things were going to be shut down. I didn't know that school was no longer going to be in session. I didn't know that these things would happen. Come on, has anybody ever been surprised before? But here's what I do know is that none of this is a surprise to God. That none of this is something that he hasn't seen or known about. And so what I want to do is I want to take a moment, if I can just encourage us in here, encourage us online. And I hope you feel the passion today. I hope you feel the encouragement today because we have a moment in front of us as believers, as faith people, as the church to not cower back but to rise up and realize that this is another sacred moment. That's what I love about this, is that this is not an ordinary moment, this is another sacred moment. This is a moment that God is going to do something amazing, just like he did something amazing in the middle of a storm. And so what I want to do is I want to just look at this piece of scripture, I want to make some observations about this sacred moment, some truths that I think are given to us in, in, in a moment. Then, for the moment that we have now. And so what I need you to do is just help me out this morning. Come on in here and online. If everybody just shout number one. Come on, everybody shout number one. Here's the first thing I want us to understand is that meanwhile is only a moment. Meanwhile is only a moment. Let's go back to Matthew 14, verse 24. Watch what it says. Meanwhile. Everybody shout meanwhile. meanwhile. Everybody shout meanwhile. meanwhile. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. One of the most exhausting and frustrating realities that we face in life are meanwhile moments. This is the case with the disciples. It's the case for us right now. This moment where the wind was against them, where they were being battered by the waves. You ever felt like that before? You ever felt like the wind was against you? You ever felt in life before, man, the wind is against me at my job, at my, in my workplace, at home, just in life in general, the wind is against me. And, and the waves are, are battering me. How often do our meanwhile moments feel like that? We have to learn that our meanwhile moments are a part of the journey of faith in life. And I think for many of us right now, this feels like a meanwhile moment. I know it does for me. Meanwhile. I love that term, meanwhile. And for many of us right now, there is, there's fear, there's insecurity, there's frustration, there's, there's anger and, and uncertainty. And I got to tell you, we've gone through these emotions. Like I wish I could say like, oh man of faith right here. But there's been some moments that I've actually been, probably I draft more towards certain realities of emotion just because of my personality. So for me right now, it's not so much fear. I'm angry. Like that's, that's my disposition. Right? I get frustrated at this because I'm like, stupid. I want to be in church with everybody right now. Right? I want to be able to go get stuff on the shelves. And, right? Not have other people worrying about what they're going to do next because of what's happening in front of us. That, that's me, but maybe there's fear, maybe there's insecurity, maybe there's uncertainty. I found in my own life, these are the realities that, that come with meanwhile moments. Am I talking to anybody today? Meanwhile. The thing about meanwhile, listen to this, is that it's a designation in the plot of a story to help us understand that there are other parts happening at the same time. Think about that. 
That's why I love what happens right here in Scripture when he says meanwhile. Because meanwhile, wasn't, it wasn't progressive. It wasn't meaning that it was an isolated moment. Meanwhile, there were other things going on at the same time. You guys tracking with me? Remember where Jesus was at. Jesus was by himself. Jesus was praying into the night. And meanwhile, there was some other stuff going on. And I just need us to know right now that in meanwhile moments, we are not isolated. We are not by ourselves. That there are other things going on in the storyline. It's a meanwhile moment. Meanwhile, the disciples were being battered by the wind and the waves. What was the meanwhile attached to? Well, the meanwhile was attached to Jesus praying. It helps us understand that we are not alone in our meanwhile. And can I just tell us all right now, God is with us in these moments. He knows, he sees, he cares, and he loves. And because of that, we can handle our meanwhile moments with confidence and security, faith and love. Psalm 91, 1 through 16. I think everybody has heard this psalm now at least once. It's been posted all over social media. People have been talking about it. The one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say concerning the Lord, who is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, he himself will rescue you from the bird trap, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. Oh, man, this is great. You will not fear the terror of the night and the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in the darkness or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Though a 1,000 fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked, because you have made the Lord my refuge, the most high, your dwelling place. No harm will come to you, no plague will come near your tent, for he will give angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent because he has his heart set on me. I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. That's awesome. Now remember, this is a, a psalm, and so there's a lot of language in here. And we've got to understand that it was being spoken to a very specific context and a very specific group of people, but the principle of protection still applies that in these moments that we have no control over, we have to remember that God is sovereign and he still is in control. But listen, we got to look at the psalm for what it is. There is never a moment in this psalm where it doesn't say nothing will happen to you. Come on, stuff still happens. I've seen bumper stickers. They just say it a different way. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so what we have to understand is that meanwhile, it's just a moment. We are in a meanwhile moment right now. What's your meanwhile? For some of us, we are concerned about our jobs. We're concerned about our families. We're concerned about food. We're concerned about this, that, or the other. I mean, I can say as, as a pastor, our team in this church is like right smack dab in the middle of a moment with lots of momentum as we've been pushing into all kinds of different things, trying to launch Redemption House and our motion offering coming up and trying to buy a new building and do everything that we're doing. And all of a sudden, meanwhile. 
right? And it's in these moments where we got to go, okay, who are we going to be? Are we going to be people of faith? Are we going to be people who can stand in our meanwhile moments? And when I read Psalm 91, I just go, come on, somebody. Like, we can, we can press into this. And so, meanwhile is only a moment. Number two, come on, everybody shout number two. You with me online? Everybody shout number two. There we go. Number two is what is in us is revealed. Moments like this, what is in us is revealed. Matthew 14, 25 through 27, Jesus came toward them walking on the sea very early in the morning. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. We shout in fear. And immediately Jesus spoke to them, have courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And then if you fast forward a little bit more, Peter walking on the water, what is he, what happens to him? He's afraid. He's, he's fearful. I have found that moments, especially ones like this, the one we're in right now, reveal what is actually in us. I mean, after all, these men would have seen and experienced all kinds of things with Jesus, right? You would think that by now they would be used to surprises. Unknown circumstances, danger, and, and storms. But once again, come on, like as we read this, they were surprised and they were scared. Like have you ever just looked at the disciples before and went like, what is your problem? All of these moments with Jesus and all of a sudden, once again, they are surprised and they are scared. But you know what the reality is, is that we do the same thing. As many times, come on, like how many times have we seen God move and yet we are still surprised and scared? We've seen God do incredible things, and yet we doubt, and yet we think it's not possible, and, and yet, and yet, and yet. And I think it's moments like this, it's storms like this, that what is in us is revealed. Why? Because fear was still in them. I want us to hear this today. It was not the storm around them or Jesus in front of them that caused fear. It was the storm within them that caused them to fear. I have found in my own journey of faith, if I am honest right now, if I am super candid and just letting you know what goes on in here, I have found in my own journey of faith that often the fear that I feel is not because of what is happening around me, but what is taking place within me. It's an internal thing. It's not an external thing. Because I've done some stupid things. Right? Every time I go on a trip, my wife says, can you please remember that you have children and a wife? <laughs> if I go skiing, if I go snowmobiling, right, generally take a walk outside. <laughs> She's like, can you please not do something yourself? Because around me, I typically, as a person, like, just think about this about yourself as well. We typically don't walk out of the door and are fearful of what's around us. Have you ever noticed that? That our fear is not actually coming from what we're seeing and sensing. Nine out of ten times, it's what's in us. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, an external situation awakens something that is lying right inside of us. And all of a sudden, it triggers something. And I'm like, why am I so fearful? Why am I so anxious? It's not really because of what is around us. It's actually because of what is in us. Fear was still in them. It was the storm. But then here's the question I want us to wrestle with today. What is, what is coming out of us right now? What is this moment and many other moments, what is it revealing about us? I got to be honest with you, like I, I, I wanted to like just give us the happiest, clappiest, most just pumped up, hyperactive, Mountain Dew, spider monkey message I've ever <laughs> given us before, right? 
But I had to challenge some stuff today. Because at the end of the day, these moments tell us what's really going on on the inside. James tells us, James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, what is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? You desire and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and you wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Oh, man, what a scripture. You read a scripture like that right now and you're like, ding. What is this moment telling you about you? What is this moment telling me about me? See, to deal with what is in us, we have to replace it with something else. Write this down if you're taking notes. Write this down if you're watching online and, and hanging with us in this. We have to manage our feed. When we manage what we feed ourselves with what comes out of us changes. We have to change what's internalized. Right now, I got to be honest with you, I'm, I'm connected to a lot of news sources right now. Anybody else with me? Come on. <laughs> and I'm on the gram. <laughs> we say the Facebook and the gram now like it's a disease, right? <laughs> I'm on the gram right now. Um, watching a lot of things that are going on and and I got to tell you, like, I've got to manage my feed. Because I can read a lot of things. Now, we need information right now, for sure. No, no doubt about that. Info, info is important. But here's the question. Am I grabbing his word first, or am I grabbing the world's word first? What feed am I attaching myself to? Like, I've got to know what I am inputting first, because what I input into me hopefully will offset and change what is in me. And if I understand that there's some stuff in me that needs to change, I've got to rework the feed. I've got to feed myself different things. I've got to feed myself faith. I've got to feed myself love. I've got to feed myself grace. I've got to feed myself. Right now, songs on repeat. I've got them going on I'm in my office this morning just getting ready to get my head focused because the feed source was not very good this morning. So I had to get into this office early so that I could make sure that I fed myself with something else. And so I put on this song right now. It's called The Blessing by Elevation Church. It's simple and it's easy and two songs. That one and then this other one called Graves in the Gardens. And both of these songs are just lighting my soul up right now because it's changing the feed because the truth is storms will show us what is in us a lot of what we're seeing right now is because of not what is around us but rather because of what is in us it's just an external situation touching a button that's already inside of us right the truth is, is that many of us Decisions are being made on half-truths and lack of information. We don't have all the info. We don't know everything that's going on. So it's decisions being made on half-truths and lack of information rather than making choices and decisions based upon the full truth that we have in Christ. 
He is the one that should lead our thoughts, our desires, our actions, our feelings, and our behaviors. Listen, because we have an eternal hope, we should carry a heavenly disposition. Come on, church. Because we have a heavenly hope. Because we have an eternal hope, I should carry a heavenly disposition. So the first thing that we need to understand about this sacred moment is that meanwhile is only a moment. What is in us is revealed. We saw it in the disciples. And then the third one is this. Come on, verse shot number three. Here's the third thing. What we stand on is tested. Meanwhile is only a moment. What is in us is revealed. And what we stand on is tested. Matthew 14, 28 through 31. Now this is the part we all love in this moment of scripture. Is to watch Peter do what he's going to do. And he says, Lord, if it's you... Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. What an answer from Jesus. <laughs> In this moment, you thought he would like, you think he'd coach him a little bit more, right? Like, all right, bud, it's going to be okay. Here, here's what you do. You step out of the boat. You're going to land on water. It's going to get real weird for a second because you had never done this before. <laughs> Gravity tells us you should sink, right? Now, Come. That's it. Come. And it's funny to think about because at the end of the day, very few of us actually answer to God's call when it's that simple. So we know what Peter's going through. I know that's a weird moment. Come. He's like, ah, I don't know. Can you give me some more info? Come on, somebody. Right? When was the last time you prayed to God? Can I have just down more info, please? And I know all of us in here, and there's been so many moments, in my life as well, come on, more info, please. Like, can you, can you get me, like, before you say what to do, hook me up. No, just come. If it's you, I'm going to come, come. Here's what I love about Peter. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. Can we just bring some humanity to this moment, please? Because a lot of us look at this sacred moment, and we see it sacredly. Like, Peter just got out of the boat. And then had this swagger on the water. No, he did not. Uh-uh. He got on that water and you know he was tripping out. Right? Because if you walk on water, come on. If you walk on water, like right now, if we were all just to attempt this and it actually happened, we would lose our minds. <laughs> Matthew, put this in your tax box. <laughs> right? Some of you get that later too. <clears throat> and climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. Watch what happens, verse 30. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. See, in storms, in the moments like we're in, what we stand on is tested. Not just how we stand, but what we stand on is tested. Because here's the truth. Peter wasn't walking on water. Peter was walking on God's word. You see that? What did he say? Come. 
Peter wasn't walking on water in that moment. Peter was walking on the come. Come. And when we see it that way, it changes everything. See, we look at it and we go, oh, well, you know, I don't know if that's scientifically possible, and I definitely know it's not scientifically possible, and the ratio says that Peter should sink and everything like that, and you would be right, 100%. Why? Because he wasn't walking on water. Jesus wasn't altering the natural disposition of the elements. Jesus was having Peter walk on a supernatural word. That's what we have to understand at the end of the day is that it's a totally rework of what it is that we need to understand about this. Because it wasn't like, all right, Jesus hardened the water and it felt like wood. No, no. Peter was walking on a word. He said, come, and Peter got out of the boat. And what we have to see is that what we stand on in moments like this is tested. What word are you standing on? What word are we standing on? What, what thing has been said to you and to me? I'll never forget, I wanted to mess with the dude on the airplane. <laughs> and I've said this before, and I said this to this guy. Probably not right, but I said it anyways. I was sitting next to a guy on a plane one time, and he goes, hey, have you ever thought about, this is the weirdest question too. They always sit me next to weird people. Um, <laughs> have you ever thought about the, the plane crashing before? And I was like, nope, not, not in the past, but now, thank you. <laughs> he goes, just so you know, it's like, statistically, it's not going to happen. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate your candor right now. He says, but have you ever thought about it before? We enter into this weird conversation about a plane crashing before we take off. <laughs> I turn and said to him, after he goes, well, what is it that you do? And I go, well, I'm a, I'm a pastor. He goes, like a priest? And I was like, nope. <laughs> pastor. What do pastors do? And I said, well, we lead a church and we preach to people and we, we teach God's word and we do great things in the world, build things and do stuff. And I tried to explain what a pastor does. And he's like, so you don't just play golf? And I was like, no, I just don't. <laughs> Remember that plane crash? <laughs> so he goes, so back to the plane crashing thing. And I was like, well, this is a weird conversation. What, what, what's your deal? And he goes, well, have you ever thought about it? Like, you're a pastor. Do you ever think about death? I was like, I can, stewardess, can you move me, please? <laughs> and then I said to him, I said, you know, actually, to answer your question, no, I don't worry about it. He goes, really? You don't worry about a plane crash? And I said, sir. You are going to be safe because I am on this plane. That's what I said to him. And he looked at me and I said, I got stuff to do still. <laughs> I said, God's not done with me yet. And he's looking at me and he's like smiling. I was like, so like, I can just tell you any plane that you get on with me, we're good. We're going to be all right. We're going to be fine. Now I know some of us are going to try to rationalize that right now, and that's fine. But what I love about Peter is that he didn't rationalize this moment. He didn't try to figure out the substance of the water and the particles of this or that. Jesus said, come! And he hopped on the water, he got out of the boat, and he started walking.
And I just want to encourage us right now. I just want to help us out today. You still have a word over your life. And that word has not changed. The truth has not changed. Who God is has not changed in this moment. So we can walk out of here today. We can know. We can realize. We can understand that meanwhile is only a moment. And in moments like this, what is in us is is revealed. And what we stand on is tested. Here's what I do know, that the God who began a good work, he's faithful to complete it. And all we got to do is stand on his word. And he will do what only he can do in Jesus' name.